Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now age of radio Oh, it's a pre-roll time. The Cheers to Comics podcast is proudly brought to you by Inked Marketing. Inked Marketing, your solution to crowdfunding comics. Mm-hmm. Well, the Inked Marketing crowdfunded comic for this here episode is, well, I'm proud to say, a friend of the show. Um, uh, the, the Smiths, the Nefarious Smiths, Trouble in Tijuana, is coming back to Kickstarter, man. Um, now, you may recognize that name, The Smiths. Where have you heard that name before? Hmm. Well, if you listen to this podcast, and you have been for a very, very, very long time, well, I mean, as long as the podcast has been around, then you know. Then you know. That's where you heard the name. Uh, Doug. Doug Diggins was my second guest ever on the show. Back when they were first kickstarting the first issue of The Smiths, since then, Doug has been kind enough to continuously send me these these issues and annuals that he's been putting out, and this book has grown tremendously in quality and, and everything. Like, the, the, the Nefarious Smiths is my shit. So, if you want their, uh, their next little story, what is the Nefarious Smiths? Well, it's, uh, it's about the bad guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a you know, family, you know? What if the, the Fantastic Four were evil? Essentially. Kinda. Um, but, uh, <laughs> in its own very awesome way at the same time. So, check out The Smiths coming soon to Kickstarter. The Nefarious Smiths Trouble in Tijuana. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, proudly, proudly brought to me to bring to you by Inked Marketing Solutions, your solution to everything crowdfunded when it comes to comics. Again, welcome back to the Cheers to Comics podcast. I'm your host, Brian Lane, and this is episode 303. The 303rd episode of the Cheers to Comics podcast will be, in fact, a creator corner, and the creator that I cornered on this here episode is the Kickstarter queen, Madeline Holly Rosing, uh, the, the, the brilliant mind behind Boston Metaphysical Society. She's been doing Kickstarter since way before Kickstarter was trending and cool and neat. Now, she's a trailblazer, baby. This is what she is. So we talk all about her newest chapter of Boston Metaphysical Society, currently now on Kickstarter. Make sure you go to Kickstarter and uh, search Boston Metaphysical Society and uh, get in on that. You're going to want some of that. And uh, um, <laughs> uh, the, the, the creative community that's behind this book is tremendous. It's tremendous. So, uh, yeah, yeah, make sure, make sure you back Boston Metaphysical Society. Um, without further ado, though, I'm not going to ramble on anymore. I'm just going to give you this incredible, awesome interview 
mm-hmm. with the one and only Madeline Holly Rosing. All right, Madeline Holly Rosing, how are you? I'm so happy to have you on the show. Well, I'm so happy to be on the show. Thank you for uh, making time for me. I really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, uh, scheduling is kind of been a little bit of a thing, but we did it. And I knew that there was no way I was going to not do this. Um, <laughs> uh, I, was, I was just kind of telling you a minute ago, but just so the listeners know as well, you, you do have a fan base uh, I, and through other creators as well. There's, you are very respected uh, through a lot of other creators' eyes for being a, a Kickstarter, you know, just uh, you, you coming out with a Kickstarter comic. Just, this is your first Kickstarter comic? Oh, no, this is number well, nine. Number nine. Awesome. This is number awesome. nine. Um, a good friend of mine, Charlie Stickney, who does White Ash. That explains a lot. Okay. It's well, all coming he, together now. <laughs> um, well, well, I actually started long before he did. Yeah. And, okay. Uh, we actually had lunch together before he even, he even launched, and now he's going gangbusters. But he made a comment on Twitter, you know, last week uh you know very you know encouraging people to to support the kickstarter but he mentioned he goes it's one of the longest running comics on kickstarter and i went like what wait oh my god he's right no kidding (laughs) i had yeah i had no idea we uh yeah we've been on kickstarter yeah like i said this is number kickstarter number nine for us um the first one which i think was back in 2013 or 2014 uh was not successful and we learned a lot from that and restructured re-strategized and been running basically one a year since then there was one year we we ran two and have been successful ever since um but yeah i mean it's it's been a slow build over the years and you you just have to be patient and keep working it well, you know, it just, I mean, it never really stops. Well, that, that that explains why your fan base is so strong. You know, it, it it does, and I mean, shame on me for not knowing how many Kickstarter. I mean, you're a Kickstarter just pro at this point. I mean, nine Kickstarters in. I mean, that's uh, you were doing Kickstarters way before Kickstarter were ever thought to ever be cool. You know, I mean, <laughs> now now all the cool kids are doing them. You you kind of you, you you paved the way, I guess. I mean, I. For you to be doing Kickstarters before Charlie Stickney, and then now to see Charlie Stickney doing what he's doing on Kickstarter, I mean, we got to think that in some offshoot kind of way, there's a little bit of responsibility on your end when it comes to, uh, you know, inspiration, maybe. I'm going to give you that credit. I'll, I'll give you that credit, <laughs> whether or not you're going to take it. But uh, um, Char- Charlie is a very smart guy, very talented. Really uh, so I have no doubt that, you know, he not only looked at my previous campaigns, but many other previous campaigns uh, and, and put together his strategy, which is why he's, he's so successful. Um, I've actually written a book called Kickstarter for the Independent Creator. I, I saw that. I, yeah. I, I saw that. And you can get that on Amazon or pretty much anywhere, right? Yeah, uh, any any ebook platform, you awesome. know, anywhere. Uh, it's the second edition is a green cover. Uh, it did originally come out in 2017. But uh, I do update it every year. Uh, like when this Kickstarter's over, about a, a month or so after, I'll go in and I'll update because it's a constantly evolving thing. So, uh, yeah, I'll just add little 
you know, little things that I've learned or remove things that are no longer relevant. Um, Understood. Totally. Yeah. So, uh, and I mean, that, that, I think that's how yeah. all literature should be, too. I mean, if there's textbooks in school from 10 years ago, I mean, you're not really teaching the right things. It's not relevant. So, I mean, to have yeah. a textbook yeah. on Kickstarter from, you know, five years ago or however long, yeah, it, it makes sense to update it for sure. And I, I think that just says yeah. so much more about your your character as a creator as well. Um, because you, you could keep all the secrets to yourself. You can have all the <laughs> Kickstarter success. But the, the fact that you, you do care enough uh, for the up-and-comers out there to, to share your experience in that way, uh, it says a lot uh, about your character as a comic book creator as well. So I think that's definitely something to admire. Um, well, now, now as, as, as far as... I mean, I'm going to... Don't get me wrong, I'm going to get so into Boston Metaphysical Society. That's uh, fine. But I, I want to know a little bit more about the, the, the people that create the thing I love. I think all creators have an awesome origin story. Uh, and I, I, I got to know, Madeline, I mean, how long, at what point did, you know, comics really become a part of your life? I mean, when did you start consuming them? Let's put it that way. Uh, I'm a latecomer to comics. Okay. I mean, very, very late. I had originally developed this uh, story as a TV pilot when I was in the MFA screenwriting program at UCLA. And okay. though it had, had done well, you know, in some competitions and people liked it, this was before, you know, steampunk it hadn't really hit mainstream or, you know, the whole aesthetic really hadn't. Uh, so it was suggested that I turn it into a graphic novel to use it as, you know, marketing material to bring it back to TV or film. Uh, well, so I went back to school, uh, took a number of sequential art classes, learned how to write a comic, and that was my first entry into independent comics. Okay. Um, my brother has, has probably one of the largest graded collections of Daredevil comics in the United States. No kidding. But... I was never interested. I was never interested in, in superheroes. And I didn't realize that in, there was such a thing as indie comics until I took this course. And then I was really pissed off because I thought, this is great. These stories are great. These are interesting. This well, is, what I stories like were you them. finding? I mean, were you uh, like finding the underground stuff like Crumb or were you finding stuff like The Walking Dead and Chew and that kind of, you know, and Probably, probably more mainstream, like Why the Last Man, okay. uh, Astro gotcha. City, um, oh, you know, Watchmen. You know, reading that the first time was a kind of a, a brain bender, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is fair for anyone to read it for the first time. Mm -hmm. um, and what else? And then later on, I started diving into um, uh, like Lady Killer and Monstrous. And eventually, uh, Ascender and Descender. Uh, my my husband doesn't particularly like graphic novels, but every once in a while, I'll run across something. And I'm gonna go like, "You're gonna like this one," and so I go and buy, you know, the trade of it, and he and he just devours it because yeah. you know I understand his tastes, and so he just you know he loved Lady Killer, he loved he'd probably like Why the Last Man. I I have not gotten that for him yet. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but yeah, it's so, you know so, it, it wasn't so, the so underground. It wasn't the underground stuff because I, I didn't really know that the underground stuff existed. You know, right. in the beginning, so it was whatever it was on the syllabus. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, I, I I totally get yeah. that. I mean, I, 
I can't imagine a lot of uh, intros or comics throwing you know Chrome at you right off, right off the bat. You yeah. know that that's like that's like AP level type of stuff. <laughs> uh, that, that's yeah. uh, I, well, so we so we know it kind of inspired or at least um, started the, the the you know the what 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 you were looking for. You know, you're definitely yeah. not superheroes or anything like that. Um, uh, uh, then you take you're taking the class on writing comics. Um, at, at what point do you, I mean, when, when's your, your, your break-in moment? The, the, I mean, when do you realize, okay, this is the story I have right here, and I, I'm, because uh, you said you had something you had been working on. Yeah, it, it was, the pilot was already done, and so I adapted it into a six-issue miniseries. Okay. And, um, so, I mean, that was initially just my plan. I was going to do the six-issue miniseries, use it as marketing material, and move on with my life. Except during all of this, because it took five years to produce this thing, um, I discovered I really like writing comics. And um, I was in, invited to, you know, do some anthologies and, you know, little short stories. And um, and that was great to go play in somebody else's sandbox for, yeah. for a while. And, and, you know, and hand it off and say, here, you deal with the production. And I don't have to. Yay. No, how awesome is that? I mean, it, it, it's that's like the dream gig of just, I mean, not just doing anthologies, but being asked to do an anthology as, 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 a, as a side gig. Because, I mean, it's no pressure. You, you get a, I mean, there's pressure, mm -hmm. obviously. I mean, because yeah. you, you want to do justice to, you know, the sandbox that you're playing in. Absolutely. But you don't have to create anything. You don't have to, you know, I mean, it, it's as far as new characters or, you know, things like that. It's, it's just, Correct. You, yeah. and then in the end, yeah, you, you don't have to worry about the technical side when it's all said and done. You say, here's, yeah. here's yeah. the thing. And, uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I imagine that's got to be uh, a, a good just um, palette changer, I, I would imagine. Yeah, it, it. It was nice. I did um, a, a couple last year, and that was just a nice change up from, you know, and, and sometimes I have to step away from from Boston Metaphysical because it's, yeah. it's so all-consuming, uh, particularly since I've enlarged, well, expanded the mediums. I mean, obviously, it's a comic, which you know. There's also a, a prose um, anthology and prequel novel. And um, uh, we are in pre-production for the first audio drama. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, called that's the Ghost awesome. Ship. Yeah, we would be this week. This coming weekend, we're doing callbacks for the leads, and we've got some fabulous actors on board. So that I hope to have on Kickstarter in the fall. Awesome. Okay, so you're going to kickstart that as well. Amazing. Yes, I, I yep. love it. Uh, you're not the first uh, creator I've talked to this year that's decided to, um, you know, kind of venture off into audiobooks as well. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's, uh, um, I, it's, it's fascinating because I'm going to be blunt. I never really got into audiobooks until The Sandman came out and then I had to know. And now I have this, this, uh, this desire to want to consume so much more, you know, of these audiobooks. And, um, I, yeah, now I'm, uh, I think it was a Chuck. Pinot, I believe, is the other guy that's been on that has an amazing audio book as well. So I, my, my point is is that I'm seeing more and more of this, and it's starting. I think there, this might be a trending thing here. And once again, you might be one of the people that maybe start paved the way to start audiobooking graphic novels. I mean... Yeah, well, the difference is, is that this is a standalone story that is set in the same universe, but 
it's not based on any graphic novel. Oh, okay. this is an original story. Oh, that's and, awesome. Um, and also there is a difference between audio books and audio drama. Ah, yes. audio books is your normally because you can't afford it. You usually have one person, and they're basically reading and acting out from an actual text and the exposition. What I'm doing is an act is an audio drama, which is a full cast of voice actors with um, sound effects. I have a sound engineer, um, composer. So there's going to be music and sound effects. So think of it in terms of the old time radio shows. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. I, yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. See, I, I'm glad you explained that because, I mean, like I said myself, you know, I'm, I'm just now getting into this. I didn't realize there was a difference between an audio book and an audio drama. Uh, that that's, that's useful knowledge for sure. Um, what, what's the, uh, being a, a, a graphic novel creator, what, what's the process of, you know, going about and finding your sound engineers and all that? Is this just... Uh, people that you've known throughout time and you know you just know someone that happens to do this how does this come about what made you decide to do this um actually it was um the uh, woman's name her name is eddie louise and she is the uh writer producer director of an audio drama by the name uh, called sage and savant it is uh, it was on for six years her husband chip was the sound engineer and the composer they're friends of mine. And uh, yeah, and it was, this is all her idea. She, we were at the Nebula conference together and she says, you know, she goes, boss, it has, you should have an audio drama. You absolutely have to an audio drama. And I said, well, you know, I'm going to need help here. Can I hire you in chip? And she said, yes. So they are like 110% on board and having a great time. Uh, yes, everyone is getting paid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's not the question I was going to ask, but I'm sure a lot of people were wondering. So thanks wondering, for uh... <laughs> wondering. Um, yeah. I mean, yes, they have donated a lot of their free time in educating me in, in this process. Absolutely. That's the privilege of um, friendship, though. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, you obviously don't want to abuse that. Right. But, yeah, it also helps when I can say, well, I have... Yes, I am a, a rookie with audio drama, but I have brought on board two veteran people who know how this process works. Producer so, credits make a difference. Producer yeah. credits can sell. That's 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 for sure. Uh, that, that, yeah. I love that. I I, I want to see more of this. I definitely I'm I'm very interested in this this this, this Kickstarter for the the audio drama as well. Yeah, because I I'm not interested in redoing a story that I've already written in a different medium, I'm always going to do a new story. That's cool. That's I'm, I'm cool. just, I'm not going to do that. Cause to me, that's, that's a waste of my time. And two, why would, you know, the, the readers want new material, not old material rehashed in another format. I mean, maybe some will, but I, you know, I just, I'm not going to do that. So it's always going to be something new. That's that's mighty respectable too. I mean, Neil Gaiman went and he uh, audio drama some old stuff. I mean, here you are making. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you at a peg above Neil Gaiman because he didn't oh, make no. anything. <laughs> Just for this no, moment, no, I'm no, gonna no, say no, that. No. I'm gonna say that because uh, well, no, I mean you, you you make a good point though, and I I say that jokingly, but at the same time, you do make a good point, and uh, I want. Uh, 
I want to put that in perspective for people because you know this is. Uh, Yes, Sandman is a, an, an all-time classic and a literary Absolutely. great that everybody in the world knows. And uh, yeah, it, it makes sense to do an audio drama of that. It, it, totally. Absolutely. And hire the greatest actors in the world. Uh, but, yeah, uh, For, for uh, a, a, a Kickstarter comic book creator to say, no, there's, there's more material out there. There's, I have so much to say. You know, I'm going to try something different, new in this medium, but still kind of keep it interesting within this, this realm that I've already kind of created. I, I have just the utmost admiration and respect for that. I, I love a creator that has an abundance of ideas. Uh, I, I really do. And uh, one that can also, you know, step outside the box. You know, I'm seeing so much of this uh, since Kickstarter, since this boom in yeah. 2020 of Kickstarter. I mean, everything now is just... Uh, uh, the, 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 the ship has been rocked. You know, that's, that's, uh, that's all. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no doubting that. I'm, I, I can't wait to see what it levels out to be, though, because it's, it's been fun watching all of this develop and the, you know, all the ideas that, you know, you creators have had, probably for the sake, I mean, from not being on the road, you know, having a little bit more free time on your hand to, to yeah. you know, come up with new ideas and stuff because you don't have to travel and do these conventions. I guess right. that's, that, I'm going to say that's the only silver lining to not having conventions. Is <laughs> the 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 advancement of Kickstarter, but um uh, overall, I mean, I'm uh, I'm blown away with what you're doing. Now let's talk about the thing that you are doing, the, the book that's uh, uh, currently on Kickstarter now, starting soon. It start it's it's on there right now. We launched it's, on March thirtieth. March thirtieth. Uh, yeah, it's called um, Boston Metaphysical Society, uh, the Book of Demons. It is the fourth sequel. And um, it, it is a standalone, but it is a continuation of the, the previous sequel, uh, Ghosts and Demons. I, I kind of refer to it as a duology. Okay. Because, because the story just it does kind of segue into, right into what has happened previously. And uh, so, yeah, it, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Um, we are funded. That's awesome. Uh, which yeah, is, I'm pulling it up on Kickstarter here now. I want to yeah. make sure I get my backing in. I, for some reason, <laughs> I thought that this was a week out. But yeah, no, that's but, okay. That's okay. Well, you're you've been busy. Remember? Uh, <laughs> I, I have been busy. I have been busy. I, I I there's so many. I get so many Kickstarter requests. But I want to. I definitely there's. <laughs> Uh, it'd be silly not to back this one. This is one I've, I have been looking forward to because you got a hold of me way in advance, way in advance. Yes. So uh, yeah, I, I've I've been anticipating it. I guess I just kind of overshot the date. Um, but yes, it's funded already. Uh, a weekend. That's 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 yeah, amazing. We yeah we were actually fully funded in six hours. Six hours. That's that's yeah that's that that's right. actually a, that's a first. That's a first. Um, what, what, what's typical for you? I mean, with your last Kickstarter, uh, usually about twenty-four to forty-eight hours. Yeah, that, that, yep. that's still amazing. I mean, <laughs> there's, there's, well, there's, you know, I, I, I've worked as a Kickstarter consultant, so you know, I have to walk the walk and talk the talk. And when I launch, it's it's got to be you know demonstrate that I actually know what I'm talking about. Hey, well. Once again, just another quality of yours to re to respect, Madeline. I mean, I, I, forty-eight or six hours, six hours on this last one. That's, six that's, hours. That's, that's my husband just started laughing. He just yeah. he goes, 
he says, you know, you're funded in six hours. I said, yeah, I don't know if we'll ever be able to repeat that, but that was kind of fun. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I wouldn't put that past you. I, I wouldn't. I mean, I, I was blown away with how many people beforehand, how often your name came up, Madeline, really. I mean, there you, you wow. are talked about with, with some people that I've, I truly admire and respect. So uh, you're 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 there. I mean, you're you're. I mean, as far as Kickstarter goes, I mean, you're at the nine Kickstarters in doing six-hour funds. That's that's amazing. That's top tier. Is what that is. So uh, something to be looking up to. That's for sure. All the more reason for people to go out and pick up your book as well. Um, it's yeah. I mean, I wrote it. The original idea behind that book is. I think I had done about four Kickstarters by then, okay. and I was seeing a lot of really great projects that were doing the crash and burn. And it was just because the creators weren't prepared for doing a crowdfunding campaign. Mm. So the book is essentially a, a field guide to crowdfunding. So it goes over, you know, pre-launch strategy, uh, campaign strategy, fulfillment, postage, you know, how to build a fan base, uh, things like that. And for those who are a little bit farther along, um, you know, you can read through it and you can like, okay, this is the spot where I need to start from the book and then, then work forward. And I always tell people when they pick up the book, um, just read through it first and then go back and make notes that are particular for your campaign. Mm. Okay. Depending on depending on what your level is, because some people are going to read it and they they know nothing, and there are going to be some people there who have like a you know a moderate email or newsletter list, so they don't have to work on that, but they need to work on all the other stuff. Understood. All right. Um, I, I like that. Uh, it makes a lot of sense because you're absolutely right. I mean, there's not just you're either brand new or you you know you're a pro there, there's so many different levels of you know yeah there's, there, there's a lot so. of there's a lot of different levels out there and um and even just as a refresher on on stuff if, if you've forgotten something uh of a fun story uh this is a few years back a gentleman bought the book at a con for um on a friday night he came back the same the next day and he says i read your book and i decided I'm never going to run a Kickstarter campaign. And I told him that was the best $10 you ever spent because you now know what is required to have a successful Kickstarter campaign. Um, and if you don't want to do that, that's okay. It's okay if you want to fund your project in another way. Yeah. But if you want to be successful on Kickstarter, this is what you're going to have to do. And it's a, you know, it's a second full-time job. It's a lot of work. And if you're going to expend that energy, it's just why put yourself through that if you don't want to, mm -hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, why? why? And, and, and if you have other options to, to do your project, great, go do that. You know, you don't have to do a crowdfunding campaign. There's lots of other ways. Um, but and he just kind of looked at me. And blinked a few times and then said, you know, you're absolutely right. You know, I said, you just saved yourself a month of agony. Yeah, no why, why would you, why would you want that if you're not prepared for it? 
Uh, and I, I've seen it so many times. I've seen so many Kickstarters launch out of nowhere. I'm like, I don't know where this came from. I've got my, you know, I thought I had my thumb on the pulse of you know this community. This yeah. Kickstarter, I've seen no pre-launch for anything, and then three days later, you know, people are literally begging online, "Hey, can you be our third backer?" You know, and it's like, ah, oh, man, it's it's rough. You, you know, and people think you, you just set it and forget it, and it's. You know, it's the easy way to get published, you know? You don't have to go through the hoops of Marvel or Dark Horse or... And no, it's just a different kind of hard is all it is. <laughs> it is a different kind of hard. Um, Comics aren't easy. As, as you personally know, I contacted you, what, two months ago? Yeah, yeah. That's when I start setting up interviews yeah. because you're busy, you have a schedule, I respect that. So it's like, hey, when can you fit me in in April? We have plenty of time... And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, we can do that. And and so I, I set up close to 20 interviews, you know, two months ago. That's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's where it starts. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it says so much. I mean, just that in itself right there. That, that's an important key to Kickstarter. It's just uh, not... Hey, I got a Kickstarter that launched last week. Can I get on your show? I get that so much. I'm like, yeah, you can come I'm on sure the show, but we'll just be talking about how your Kickstarter funded or didn't fund you know i mean i'm not going to be able to it's going to be long gone before you know uh but i i'm able ever able to air the episode and you know i see that mistake made all too often and i i feel bad telling you know it's not that i don't like it it's just i don't think i'm going to be able to help you and uh for, yeah it's yeah, it, it does take long range planning. And, you know, fortunately, as you realize, this is not my first rodeo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, you know, I just do, you know, three months ahead of time, I, I start seeding it out. It goes into my newsletter. You know, I mentioned other things. Um, I start contacting people. You know, the word starts slowly going out. And then it just gets ramped up as we get closer and closer and closer. So I don't have to do everything at once. It's just little bits, mm -hmm. you know, over three months and go from there. Yep. And that's just for the Kickstarter. That doesn't mean for the planning of the actual graphic novel. Oh, that yeah, happens. No. That's like a year ahead of oh, time. Oh, totally. Yeah. 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 No, uh, that's a uh, uh, that's a whole nother mistake. That's a whole nother mistake yeah. to be made. Is <laughs> saying I got this idea on Kickstarter. You know, it's, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't work. <laughs> um, well, let, I, I, let's talk about Boston Metaphysical Society to yes. to its core. Let's let's. I mean, where does this come from? Where do you plan on going with it? I mean, you said it was a screenplay. Uh, was this the screenplay that you originally adapted? Uh. This particular story, no. This, no, this no, okay, it was a different no. screenplay that you originally adapted. No, okay. it's, uh, the original pilot was adapted into our first six-issue miniseries, which is now in trade paperback. Gotcha. And so since then, all of these sequels, they're, they're sequels, they, they're, brand new, they're brand new stories. Um, but just to throw this out here, for, for those in your audience who never heard of this before... The story is about an ex-Pinkerton detective, a spirit photographer, and a genius scientist who battles supernatural forces in late 1800s Boston. It sounds um, amazing. So I mean, I, I just just hearing that pitch, I, I think so many things that I love all mixed 
I'll, I'll make. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is Ghostbusters in a very, very cool way. I mean, uh, an even cooler way, to be honest. When you mix, I mean, you, the, 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 the character dynamic that you throw in there, um, and then the time period setting. It just, it sounds like something that I should have been reading a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> it, it sounds well, it, so perfect. It, it's certainly been a lot of fun to write. That's that's for sure. And you know how the characters have evolved and changed, and yeah. That's been interesting and brought in a new character. Uh, Alma, um, our African-American female scientist, is relatively new. She wasn't part of the original team. The original team was um, Samuel, Granville, and Caitlin. Uh, Granville Woods, by the way, is, is an actual historical figure. He lived during that time period. No kidding. Um, and in the original six-issue miniseries, I've also brought in Bell, Edison, Tesla, and Houdini. I love it. Oh, the more you talk, the more I'm uh, <laughs> trying not to get over here. I, like, I have the page pulled up right now. I'm just trying not to click on the keyboard to interrupt. <laughs> I'm still um, in the back of this book. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the first sequel, The Scourge of the Mechanical Men, features Granville and Tesla. That, that wraps up the Tesla arc from the original series. Okay. And then we kind of branch off from that and uh, Spirit of Rebellion starts focusing more on Caitlin and her development of her psychic ability after what happened in the original six issue miniseries. All right. Awesome. Um, as, as they start developing in ways that she never anticipated and Alma becomes uh, a critical part of that in, in studying. Um, you will see little bits of uh, the scientific method within the graphic novels as they try to, you know, study her and what she's capable of. Um, so it's uh, pretty, it's everything. Obviously there's supernatural and, and stuff that, you know, clearly doesn't exist in real life. Uh, <laughs> but it is, it is grounded in reality. When I can make the science accurate, I do. That's awesome. I love um, that. If I, I can't, that. you know, sometimes the story has got to be what the story is. Because it's know, comics, it's, you know? If, I mean, it's comics, if, yeah. If you wanted to write a textbook, <laughs> you write a textbook. But, you know, yeah. I, 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 want, I want far-fetched out of my comics, you know, no matter, I, while also being grounded. I love that. You know, uh, to, to throw in real science in there is always something I truly admire. I mean, Iron Man's my favorite thing, and he's, I mean, it's because of his science. It's not his shiny suit, you know. So, I mean, it's uh, having, uh, knowing that, you you know, you are, um, uh, I can't think of the word right now, but just really involved in the actual, you know, making sure that, uh, you're going to have those people out there that are going to try to nitpick some things for sure. But at the same time, you can also say, Hey, yeah. no, this is, I've, you know, you can look this up or, you know, you, you have the, the scientific backing to, you know, to, to prove it all. I, I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. There, there's a fun thing in the original six issue miniseries that, that, that Granville talks about. And, and that's for some of the, 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 the nerdy chemistry geeks and, you know, in the audience, because, you know, they'll go like, ah, she got that right. That's right. That's right. You know, and so that that was a lot of fun. That's going to create you a heck of a fan base, too. I mean, that, that that's that's when your cult following comes in, because, you know, the, 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 the more niche and weird of things you can get people to follow or, you know, nerdy 
the, the, the thing is that you can get people to follow. I mean, I think the stronger the following becomes, and uh, the, the, those little things like that, uh, I don't know, it, it's... The, I, I understand how it funded yeah. in six hours, let me put it that way. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the more you talk about this, the... the um, my mouth's watering. I, I just, this is... It sounds amazing. It really does. Um, so, you're a Kickstarter pro. I would imagine you've got some pretty awesome incentives involved with this book, right? Um, yes. We have. We do a lapel pin every year because I do steampunk conventions, obviously. Awesome. And they love the lapel pins. So, uh, this year we have the Plague Doctor. And it was designed by Alejandro Lee, and he did a great job. Uh, there's a photo of it on the Kickstarter homepage. But I have to tell you, it actually looks better in real life than in the photo. Yeah. So they came out really well. Awesome. Um, we also, the first, this is the first time we're doing uh, a, a stretch goals. Uh, you know, got some great digital comics for everybody. Uh, but also we have some beautiful prints from, um, of Caitlin from Roberta uh, in Granada. Oh, cool. And uh, Ashley and Ashley uh, Woods. We did, you know, Niobe and Bitterroot, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, magnets. We, I had, uh, one of our first pins we did was uh, an owl pin and a steampunk owl. So we've now turned that into uh, a magnet. So it's gold with an owl. And there's a picture of it on, on the site. And also the, the Plague Doctor pin turned into a magnet. So we've actually achieve those stretch goals. So everyone who is pledging to a $10 and above physical reward will get the, the two prints and the magnets so far, plus a bunch of pile of digital comics. And um, I have some more stuff in the wings. So, wow. you know, we'll see where, where we go here. That's a heck of a deal. But, $10, $10, a $10 backing gets you a, a physical... A, yeah. A, a, Wow. That's... Yeah, yeah, it's it's ten dollars. Well, it's ten dollars plus shipping, mm -hmm. um, for just the book, the hard copy of Book of Demons. That's awesome. I mean, I see okay. people try to charge that for the digital copy of some of their books sometimes, and you know, sometimes it takes a little bit more than ten bucks to get a a book in your hand on these Kickstarters, is what I'm saying. And for you to, I mean, that's yeah. ten dollars. That's nothing this... to back. And this is a uh, it's forty eight pages, perfect bound. No kidding, that yeah. that's a steal. I mean, <laughs> I want to know who your uh, printer is. Well, <laughs> uh, maybe maybe we should just keep that to yourself. Um, <laughs> that, that's amazing. That's that's an incredible deal. It really is. Uh, Forty eight pages for ten dollars. I, I can't yeah. get over that. Um, yeah, this, this is a little bit longer. The previous ones were forty four pages, so. This, this well, still, one's a little bit longer. Yeah. Still, I mean, those, uh, that's incredible. Um, well, it sounds like you have, you know, a, a lot of plans for this, 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 this universe that you've created. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, I mean, do you have anything else in the works outside of Boston Metaph Metaphysical Society? Or, I mean, or an, an anthologies? Or, or uh, I mean, is there anything in the works that you want to talk about? Um, trying to think. I mean, I've been doing some flash fiction uh, okay. during during the pandemic just to get my mind off yes. of other stuff and um, developed this one character that I really like. And 
I think when I'm done, I'm also writing a trilogy of novels that are wow. based in the Boston metaphysical. Yeah, it's set, they're set during what I call the House Wars, which is the equivalent of the American Civil War. Okay. Uh, it starts, you know, about 35 years before the first graphic novel, um, the original six issue miniseries. And once that is done, uh, and I spied an artist on Twitter, I think, Twitter or Ooh. Facebook, Twitter on Twitter, who I saw his stuff and I'm like, I want him to do my book cover. So I got to talk to him. Um, <laughs> awesome. Oh, I love it. Isn't it amazing when you find an artist that you, you, you're drawn to like that? Uh, yeah, I, that happened with um, the first novel, Storm of Secrets. Louise the Pressler did the, I mean, you can go find it on Amazon. Actually, it's also on, you can get it. It's part, part of the um, the Kickstarter in one of the, the upper tiers. Uh, but yeah, she's won awards on it. I mean, if you just scroll down and you see, you can't miss it. It's it's gorgeous. Absolutely what she did. Yeah. Uh, um, oh, yes. Uh, um, <laughs> did we... Did we talk about the artist on? We I don't think we talked about the artist on no, Boston Medical. No, no, we have Is not. Is the same artist all the way through that you've had? Uh, no. Uh, okay. Emily Hugh. Emily Hugh was my original artist for the okay. six issue miniseries. She did a fabulous job. Um, found her through a mutual friend, and she'd just gotten out of school. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, Gloria Kelly and Fariza Kamaputra were the colorists on board. Troy Pateri, my letter has been with me since the very beginning. He's kind of like, he's my anchor. He's amazing. That's awesome. Um, once we were done with the six issue miniseries, uh, Emily needed to move on, you know, to bigger and better. And she's fabulous. So yeah, that's what she did. And Gwen Tavares came on board. Um, Gwen. I've got some preview pages here. And yeah. I'm, Gwen I'm has, does the art and the coloring. Wow. And uh, she was like the perfect segue because the characters had grown and matured and she's uh, a little bit older. Not that Gwen is old because she's not. She's like 30 something. I don't know. <laughs> she's young. Um me. They looked exactly the way they should be as they matured because of what they had been through in the earlier issues. And um, so, yeah, she's been with me um, for the last four sequels. So, um, awesome. and I'm hoping she will, she will continue on. Um, she's gotten a lot more work because of working for me. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I yeah, can no, imagine. She's, yeah, she's improved. She, uh, she did a fantastic job on the cover. Um, I'd actually had the idea for this cover before the previous book, Ghosts and Demons, but I knew it wouldn't work for Ghosts and Demons. So I just kind of put it aside and said, okay, I'm going to wait for, for the next one and, and use it, use it then. So, and she executed it perfectly. So very, very happy. They fab, both Emily, Gwen, they're brilliant. I'm so lucky to have them. Um, you know, it's wonderful. You hand off something to your artist. They're like, okay, go, go be brilliant. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Go uh, be brilliant. 
it, it, it's nice knowing that you you know you have that confidence in your artist and that you know yeah. their their understanding of your uh, yeah um I, I I couldn't not talk about this art uh, it's it's it really is amazing and it suits this the story and this tone yeah. so well yeah um so yeah and I definitely had to make sure that we were talked about her uh yes. Madeline this uh, I, I there's this has been absolutely. Amazing. Uh, do you? Uh, I, I bet you have quite the social media presence. I would imagine so, with as many people to talk about you. Uh, do you have? Uh, um, I, I would say it was moderately reasonable. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's not crazy. Okay. But uh, it's 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 fine. Um, it exists. It exists. It exists. <laughs> okay. it exists. Where do they yeah. find you? Uh, uh, the others, there's a website, bostonmetaphysicalsociety.com. I'm okay. on Facebook, Boston Metaphysical Society Comic. Twitter is mhollyrosing. Instagram is mcholly1, the numeral one. Awesome. Awesome. I want to make sure people, you know, stay in tune. And, you know, I, I know as a Kickstarter, you're constantly putting out updates. And it's yeah. like a, it, 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 it's a day job. Yeah, you know? it is. <laughs> so um, yeah, I want to make sure everybody could stay up to date with the the, the stretch goals as they get reached. We probably just reached more as we talk. As, uh, I mean, <laughs> as quickly as this book seems to be funding, um, yes. Uh, so, Madeline, Holly Rosing, thank you so much for your time. And thank uh, you. I really appreciate it, Brian. It, it's been my pleasure. I'm going to make sure that everybody in my circle knows about this book. I feel like half of them knew before I did uh, already, though. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, man, this, is, this has been an absolute pleasure. And I, I look forward to all of the success you have coming to you in the future. Um, it's so deserving for what you give back by taking the time to write these, these books for up-and-coming Kickstarters. Um, it... it, it as a, as a creator that thrives off of comic book, or as a podcaster that thrives off of comic book creators, to you to, for you to give that outlet for other people to continue to come on to my show, I really appreciate that. So, <laughs> thank you, truly. Well, thank you. You have a great day, Brian. You do the same. And uh, um, we'll be in touch. I have a feeling. You stay safe. Okay. Thank you. Yours. you go people episode 303 in the books another creator has been cornered uh madeline holly rosing how about her huh how's about her remember boston metaphysical society is the book that's the book you want to ch check out on kickstarter excuse me huh. choking all over myself with excitement jesus um yeah now i hope you've enjoyed this interview 
Um, remember, remember, um, check out, uh, well, if you've checked this podcast out on Apple and you haven't already, make sure you leave those five-star reviews. I'm seeing another uh, wave of reviews come in. I appreciate that, people. Speaking of reviews right now, if you go over to Podchaser, Podchaser's doing something pretty awesome. They're doing um, a Meals on Wheels review match type of situation. Every review you leave, it uh, doesn't matter, per episode, per podcast, every time you leave a review, and not just star, write something out, take two seconds out of your day, um, uh, they donate 25 cents to Meals on Wheels. And then they uh, give me the opportunity to have them match that by replying to your review. So you leave a review, I'll reply, and uh, 50 cents. 50 cents. And you could do that an unlimited amount of times on Podchaser. So go over to podchaser.com and check that out. Search uh, Cheers to Comics. Or the other podcast I have for that matter, The Real Brains. Same thing. Um, so there you go. There you go. Uh, thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in. As always, I command that you stay safe and read responsibly. Cheers, fuckers. Hi, uh, you're listening to Cheers to Comics podcast. This is Mark Russell, and you're listening to the Cheers to Comics podcast. Hey, everyone, I'm Monty Michael Moore, and this is the Cheers to Comics podcast with Brian Wayne. This is Drew Zucker. You're listening to the Cheers to Comics podcast. Good morning. Brian Wayne here to tell you about my new podcast, The Real Brains. The Real Brains podcast is a show coming out daily, dedicated to the everyday struggle of just the average human being. From troubles with rage to uh, anecdotes about uh, very strange human interactions, this podcast really is just a... uh, somebody that's all too familiar with the struggle i'm here to let you know that you are not alone so come laugh at uh our pain together every single weekday every place you can catch a podcast check out the real brains with brian wayne remember stay sane